Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Keith Hovert here, broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola. And I am surrounded by the table today with some really important people in my eyes that are doing some really cool work coming from a very heart-centered place. And so I am... Um, auspiciously invited all of them here to show up at the same time to drop the bomb on them that I was uh, wanting to connect the dots and really let them talk about all the great work they're doing. So enough from me. I'm going to let you guys uh, go around the table and introduce yourself. So by all means, Arvin, jump in. Hey, I'm Arvin Money. I'm the founder and president of Mode, Mind, and Body. And we're a float center and uh, wellness lab, I like to call it. We're trying to get people healthy again without... A lot of thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Less thinking, better feeling, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Awesome. That's a better way to describe it. I didn't know how to describe it. I like that. Yeah. Floating Thanks. Wellness Lab. <laughs> That's awesome. My name is Colleen Edwards-Chesley. I am the founding director of a local organization that empowers and uh, promotes, advances, and improves women in business called Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. Very cool. Uh, my name is John Shell. I'm the founder of an organization called Upward Intuition, and we're working on a skate park project downtown, and I'm also a realtor with Levin Rinky Realty. Ah, I mean, you are a jack of all trades, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I agree with that. I'm Megan McCarthy. I'm the director of community health for Baptist Healthcare. Very cool. Okay, so I got to say this. John, I saw your website for Upward Intuition, and what's the first line that's on there? Thoughts create reality. That's it. So, like the second I saw that, I was like, "Dude, that's my people." <laughs> so, which is very cool. But, but, and then that ties in with the blues. And so, like Megan, like kick it off because I think this is a really cool thing. Yes, it is. It is really cool. So. Um, the Blue Zones, for people that aren't familiar with it as a term, um, basically was a book written by Dan Butner. And he was a National Geographic explorer who was going all over the world. He, he actually has some world records, uh, for cycling around the world and all these, these different things. And he was convinced that there were these places all over the globe that people were living, uh, living longer, like essentially fountains of youth. And so National Geographic brought in the epidemiologists and the scientists to say, okay, is this real? Let's look at this. And they they did. They found five all over the globe that people were living uh, a standard deviation higher than their like regional counterpart past age 100. So this is like 106 year olds that are surfing, 103 year olds that are like you know dancing, skydiving and stuff. Yeah, like just from a from a from a a crazy like lifestyle point of view. So I think the natural question was, uh, what do these places have in common? Because they're Japan, Sardinia, Costa Rica, Greece, and and there actually is one in the United States, but very very different cultures, very different um, you know life on a daily basis. Um, And so basically they drilled down to to what was what these um, areas had in common. And then they were questioning, can we reverse engineer a blue zone? Can we take a community and get them to living past 100? And not only just living to 100, but living well. And that's what the blue zone projects have been about. So the answer uh, to that is yes, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. And so um, this uh, concept, I actually lived in Okinawa, Japan for a while, and that's one of the blue zones. So um, I kind of had my own living lab um, <laughs> that I got to firsthand experience some of these things. And um, and that's kind of, um, it's really brought to life kind of a concept that when I moved out here five years ago from San Diego, um, I my operating vision was to make Pensacola the San Diego of the South. Because okay. I thought 
Pensacola has everything that San Diego has and everybody, almost everybody in the world associates San Diego with living well and, you know, being full of energy mm-hmm. and this, this lifestyle. I'm like we need to have that culture here. Um, and so the Blue Zones has really kind of brought an academic end yeah. to that philosophy. Okay. So. By the way, that's a huge thing to bite off and chew, right? Like (laughs) you're like, let's just go and go big, right? Okay. So how does one start to develop or reverse engineer into a blue zone? Well, the first thing is to really acknowledge the power of your environment. Right. And I think as Americans, we really get caught Mm -hmm. up in this like, uh, determination, free will kind of point of view um, that leads us down a dangerous path because we get stuck in two boxes as one is my genetics are so bad. I can't do anything about it. So I'm giving Mm up or this like elitism of being healthy is like, well, I've earned this. And it really isn't either of those to be truthful. I mean, genetics play about 10% of a role. Lifestyle is, is the other 90%. And we are really influenced by those around us. So this has, you know, that makes common sense that, you know, a lot of these things are, are when we say they're genetic, it's really that your family has passed it down as a culture, not necessarily in your DNA. It's that that's what your surroundings reinforce. And so we, you know, most of us that are at work or, or sometimes even school, you know, we're spending more time in that environment than we are in environments that we create or have power over. And so realizing that adjustments in our environment can lead us down a much healthier path without doing any more work. And right. I love not having to think about it because what we all really want is we want the healthy choice to be the easy choice. Right. Uh, we're not going to take away choices, but the path of least resistance throughout the day when our priorities are other things, we want the health just to be a no-brainer. Yeah. And so that's really what um, I've been trying to do um, and Baptist is really trying to do is we're trying to get out of the hospital because the first thing we know is that uh, the hos- inside the hospital is a whole different ballgame. We yeah. want to really keep you out of the hospital. Yeah. Because it, sometimes it's, it's a lot of times it's not fun when you're there. It's not really yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you're there because of Let's face it, you're there be, uh, most of the time because of the choices that you have made, whether it's your diet, whether it's your exercise, whether it's the way you've chosen to take care of yourself or the environment that you've chose to keep yourself in. And and that's a lot to deal with in those acute situations. That's a hard thing to swallow for a lot of people. It really, really is. Yeah. And it's overwhelming. And, you know, without a path out of that, um, you know, people can get really... Um, discouraged and, and again we're get, getting back in that cycle of of feeling powerless and not being able to do something about it and so um one i really encourage people one you know to to really share their health achievements you know sometimes uh people don't want to brag but it's like you know you're going to inspire someone else and mm-hmm. realize that it is possible um to do those things and then really using the blue zone ter- terminology start with blue zoning your desk or wherever you know where you spend yeah. that work day cuz most people have control over that um you know you can blue zone your home you know you can talk about where are you spending your environment you can blue zone your car yeah. and it's it's just meant to like make sure that those environments are pushing you down the healthy, healthy path. And then that's how you get that forward momentum yep. that just starts kind of being, I call it a self-looking ice cream cone. You know, it's going, <laughs> but not ice cream. I mean, <laughs> yogurt. fruit cone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, those are the things that when, uh, we think about communities, our health is all connected. My health is connected to every single person at this table. Mm -hmm. And we kind of talk a little bit about it with um, vaccines and immunizations about herd immunity. And we really are, we're a herd. Mm -hmm. And so there's, you know, people in our community that can't get, let's say the flu shot because they're immunocompromised or an allergy or for whatever reason. But the more of us that do, 
the more protected that we all are. Right. And like I said, we can't get stuck in this thought about health being very personal. Like, oh, I'm not going to talk to you about your health mm-hmm. because it's your choice and I respect your decision. It's like, no, your choices are impacting me and, and let's, let's move forward as, as a, as a tribe, as a yeah, herd yeah. down that healthy path. Yeah. Well, and it's, there's some power in that, right? Because not one of us is not good as good as all of us. Right. But you have to accept the fact and that's, I think, is probably the first step for a lot of people here. Are you finding that as you've been, because you've been at this for how long? Five years. Yeah. Five yeah, years. Yeah, that's, that's five. Yeah. And you've just now sort of cracked the iceberg, right? Yes. <laughs> you know. It, it, Record your progress, <laughs> however small it is. Yeah. No, we, we definitely are making progress. Um, but, you know, right now as I'm planning for the next five years and I realize I'm going to be a decade in to this, to this work. And um, one of the things I found, people are are sometimes shocked by our community health rankings on the county level. Mm -hmm. And the Robert Wood uh, Johnson is the biggest philanthropic uh, nonprofit in in the United States. And they rank every single county in the United States. And you're ranked against your state. So when we look at Florida, 67 counties, we are right there at the bottom. Uh, It changes a little bit year to year, but I think we're right at 59th right now. And Mm -hmm. And for um, where we are, we're probably the biggest of the sickest, if that yeah. makes sense, because yeah. there's some counties that have less people in them. So in a lot of ways, sometimes we culturally align closer to Alabama and Mississippi. I'm not going to talk about football, but um, <laughs> but we're scored against, you know, Miami and other mm-hmm. places like that. And so sometimes I'll tell people that and they're really, really shocked. And and so I try to take it out of the the health deliverables or the disease statistics and just mm-hmm. say, well, when you look around... Are you seeing your fam- family, friends, neighbors, coworkers? Do they, um, are they looking healthy? Are they full of energy? Does it seem like they're never getting sick? And when they do, they bounce back right away. Yeah. And you're like, mm, no, not really. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's really what health is about. It's not about, I don't think, um, can be drilled down to one condition or another condition because the root issues about a healthy community are, are really about that. Do you have places that you can play? Do you have, um, you know, options and opportunities? We have great access to healthcare in Pensacola and mm-hmm. we have three tremendous hospitals. Yeah. Yes. We have great, great, great uh, medical providers, but I think we're starting to realize that they can only do so much. And really it is up to us on yeah. a daily basis. It's so much more powerful what we do every day than what we do every once in a while. And I think we're naturally attracted to running the marathon and one day getting up and running 26 miles. But would be better for us is to walk a mile a day and then take four days yeah, off. But go. that's just not as sexy. <laughs> <laughs> go for the long run, right? Although it is easier. See, you know, and 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 frame it that you know it, it's easier to do that. It's easier to do the little bits every day to sustain than it is to go. Okay, it's January first, and now I've got to just kill it, right? For right. four hours, <laughs> and then I'm done. Exactly. Yeah. So, and and I think with all of you um, around this table, in in some way, shape, or form applied to a better health as well as a better community. But you said the hospitals can only go so far, right? But having somewhere to play and, and go and recreate. I mean, I can't tell you how good it feels when I just sit on the beach, right? Or how good it feels when I float in the tank and, and don't have to uh, necessarily sweat my butt off running, right, right, to feel better. Or how good it feels to consume something that educates me or or leads me down a path of bettering myself, right? So mm-hmm. there's so many different aspects, I think, to contributing to that. Absolutely. Yeah. So 
how does the skate park fit in, right? Because everybody's like, wait, what? Like, this is just some skater dudes wanting to cause trouble, right? Oh, but it's not. <laughs> and girls. <laughs> and girls. So, you know, when, when we talk about Pensacola, we do brag about our beaches and, and you know, our up-and-coming downtown Um but we have to have more layers uh, than that. There has to be, we, you know, we want to have be more than just a one trick pony. And mm-hmm. so we really do more, need more infrastructure that allows for, um, for that play that people look forward to going to, that they're super excited about it. And I always, um, tease John that he's making healthy cool. Yeah. And, and again, that's what I can't do in the hospital, you know? And, and by that, the way, we've been making healthy cool for a long time. It's just now being society is, is accepting <laughs> cool for healthy. <laughs> well, John makes it really cool so (laughs) so the skate park again obviously is going to be an amazing uh playground for skaters yeah um but uh, john has gone beyond that and really made it so that really everyone in pensacola can um can enjoy it and so there's going to be a walking path so that whether you have a sibling a child a friend a parent who's skateboarding um you can also get recreation it's an outdoor space um, I know John's going to talk about it a lot, but, um, you know, it really will hopefully be one of those places that we brag about yeah. is, and to say, Hey, you're going to come visit me or, you know, that people will come in from out of town as well. So yeah. not only is it beneficial to help, it's also an economic driver. I'm just excited because the X games are going to be here before we know it. I'm, I'm <laughs> stoked. So, so, all right. So John, let's get into it, man. Like, like, because again, this is a huge thing to bite off, right? I mean, people have been trying to do skate parks here in this town for a long time and we had one for a little while over by Liberty Lanes or whatever, and it kind of just fell off. But We've had several. Yeah. We, but you, well, okay, so there's my point, right? We've had yeah. several. They lasted had, for a little while. There was yep. tons of resistance to having them Absolutely. in the first place, right? Liability, and liability. And you're just like, I'm screw it. I'm going for it, right? So, like, let us in the, the, the head there. Well, it, it really kind of started as a way for me to just scratch my own itch because <laughs> I, I, uh, I love to skate. I've been skating since I was 10 years old. And, and as you mentioned, we used to have a skate park. We've had multiple skate parks over the years. <laughs> or made uh, your own. <laughs> matter of fact, back in the late 70s, there was a park here called the Paved Wave. And it was the second skate park in Florida. Wow. And the fourth skate park in the United States. Wow. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool The uh, Where was that? It was on Navy Boulevard, huh. of all places. Wow. Had and no it, idea. It was open for a few years, but a lot of the guys that used to skate that park are in their 60s and even 70s now, and so they, they've all really gotten behind our initiative and our skate park, and I was hanging out with a lot of them last night at Surfer's Memorial, and they're so excited, so we want to do a little section of our park kind of to pay tribute to the paved wave where... The old guys can still get out there and skate and have more <laughs> little, of a little uh, smaller obstacles, so more of a uh, lower impact. I don't think they're going to be sliding too many handrails or jumping downstairs, but they'll uh, get out there and do some turns, yeah. right? Like a bunny, bunny hill. hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Colleen will be out there too, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not and, quite and in the sixties. I'm not in the sixties. I can probably have on a little moderate stuff. Mm-hmm. So ba- Baptist and Andrews will be waiting for us. <laughs> Absolutely. They're Absolutely. building shop right on the corner, right? Yeah. We can bubble wrap our entire bodies. <laughs> there you go. That's a great idea. All right, man. But so, but this has gotten bigger than a skate park. I mean, this is an entire. Uh, outdoor facility, well, area, right? That is, that you have the skate park, but then you've got some walking paths. Like, what else is going in with this? Yeah, walking, jogging paths, exercise stations. There's going to be a stage integrated into the design. Uh, kind of what we did when we were figuring out how to lay the space out. And, and on the site, there's an existing community garden, industry hotels mm-hmm. from the ground up community garden. But we went and looked at the city's initial plan they came up with back in, I, I think it was 2004, and it's to uh, revitalize that entire Hollis T. Williams corridor. 
that starts at Wright Street and goes all the way to Jordan Street. And so we took their plan and, and incorporated activities and amenities into our design that were consistent with that original plan. So we're doing one city block at Hain and Jackson Street, uh, Larua and Tarragona, and the idea is to be the catalyst for this much bigger uh, greenway plan. And if you think about it, uh, where I-110 kind of ends right there, that's that's the gateway into our downtown and yeah. waterfront. And when people are coming to Pensacola, that's their first impression. Um, so <clears throat> and what it's we're been doing, nothing. I mean, it's been grass underneath an, yeah, an interstate, grass. right? There so is. Uh, Hunter Pool, Innisfree started the community garden. Um, there's a few things uh, happening under there, but it has incredible potential. Mm-hmm. And that's only been in the last couple of years. So, I mean, for the mm-hmm. most part, that's been what I get, most people would consider wasted space, right? But yeah. you guys are turning uh, it into something under-utilized. really, really utilized. You know? Yeah, top-notch skate park. Like <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> we're, we're working with a company called Spawn Ranch out of Los Angeles. And you mentioned the X Games, and these guys have actually designed a lot of the X Games parks. And they're coming uh, to Pensacola in February, I think February 20th. Very cool. So we're going to have kind of a community input type meeting. Uh, I think we will probably do that at Vinyl. Yeah. Um, and so there's going to be a section where we get all the skateboarders, rollerbladers, bikers to come out and give their input. And we'll have the Spawn Ranch guys there, but then we'll also have uh, Jerry Pate Company there, and, and they are our landscape architect, uh, Steve Dana specifically. So people can give input on the other um, act, uh, amenities and, yep. and structural elements in the park. Very cool, man. So what? Okay, a couple questions. When is this expected to be completed? That's a that's a good question. That's a, good, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a question for vinyl, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, I can tell you where we are right now. Okay. So it turns out uh, when you take on a project like this, uh, there's a lot of costs that are preliminary development costs. Sure. They don't actually go to the brick and mortar of the park. And yeah, that's you can't just walk out there with a shovel and start digging. That's right? what we're working on right now. And it turns out a lot of those costs are pretty expensive. <laughs> uh, about $125,000 worth of uh, soft costs or preliminary development costs yeah. for a project like this. And we're about 75% of the way there uh, to our soft cost goals. Um, so once we do this event at Vinyl and we have kind of a, a finalized design in the spring, we're going to kick off phase two. And that's where we start raising money for the brick and mortar and we'll reveal uh, kind of the new design for the park. Uh, but a, a lot of corporations and family foundations I've uh, spoken with are very interested in, in contributing to phase two. And there's also... Uh, several much larger funding sources that we will be able to pursue once we have phase one yeah. complete. Because you can't really go after yeah. You got to have money the business like plan. That. I, I get it. <laughs> Unless you have your construction documents and know yeah. what everything's going to cost. And yeah, so it's just it's just a process, kind of like Megan was saying. Uh, you know, she's been doing this for five years. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to skate before then, though. By the way. Yeah. So, okay. So, you skate? <laughs> I, I'm gonna learn. Actually, okay. I've rollerbladed all the time. I, my, oh, I, my, no, I'm just like, joking. Like that's like, yeah. So that's that's the bad guy. Um, so yes, I can skate. No, I cannot really skate park safely. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, the last two times I have, I've hurt myself. So that's probably my sign, right? But. I can totally jog on the jog path. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can get on the bunny trail with uh, yeah. the bunny hill. Yeah, I, I will be the I. one wrapped in uh, in bubble wrap <laughs> well, for uh, sure. <laughs> we'll get you some cool clothes and dress you cool. You can, you can uh, I'll just stand on the sidelines and look like you skate. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so th- th- my next question was, was what can we do to help? Like, what do you guys need right now? Uh, right other, now? Other, other than money. And if you do need money, where do we give it to? 
um, upwardintuition.org-donate. Um, there's a donation portal on there, or you can mail a check to our P.O. box. Um, putting me in touch with, with uh, like-minded people and, and getting people like Megan and myself in front of groups to mm-hmm. talk to people. We have these, uh, uh, finally have some nice marketing materials and brochures, and we have these uh, these cards as well where people can leave their information uh, so that way we can get them signed up for our newsletter and they can learn um, on the card kind of yeah. how they can be involved. So one of the things I've really liked here that that has been new to me um, in this process is sort of the same thing that happened with Maritime Park, and that was there was a lot of community involvement. There was the option for the community to completely be involved if you were there. Have a say-so on what you wanted, what you how you thought it should turn out, and I think... As we've seen with Maritime Park, obviously that pays off. So watching you all take that approach in that same way, regardless of what's going to be said or not be said, is is huge. It's very brave, right? Because there's going to be a lot of people that want to shoot some stuff down. I get it. They're out there. There's a few. <laughs> They're out there. but, but They don't skate. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> they don't rollerblade either. <laughs> but but I mean, that's a big step to take, right? For somebody to throw your dream out there like that and to leave it wide open for criticism and, and for people to challenge it. Um, is is huge, man. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And anything we can do to help, obviously we're here. So I appreciate that. I, I, I'm gonna learn. I'll learn. I've, <laughs> I think I've got some time. I've got some time. Yes, yes. So um, can I share a story? Yeah, by all means. Okay. Before we get off the skate park thing, I know we're live, so I don't know. I always worry when I do these kind of things, but my past <laughs> is is bound to get out there, even though uh, <laughs> a lot of it has been has been destroyed. But uh, delete that MySpace page. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, I need to find that old password. Um, back in 19, I'm thinking it's 1989. I went to UWF. I was a, a graduated from UWF. I didn't graduate then. It took me many years to graduate after that. But <laughs> I was a young um, punk girl and a, much of a delinquent and a and a an outside of the box. Megan's looking at me really crazy now. Not, um, not delinquent like in the bad way. Just, you know. We're just we're Well, we just won't leave. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll just let that go. But, um, no, I was definitely outside the box and definitely looking to find myself and figure out, you know, where I was in my place in the world. And so I gravitated to things that were not necessarily normal for a girl you know, young lady to do. And so I skated and John and I have talked a little bit about that. Keith and I have talked a little bit about that. And there's many people that do know that if you really go back in my Facebook page, you can find some really old pictures that people have refused to destroy, (laughs) but they're out there. Um, But when I was at UWF, I had very much leadership in mind. So I went to the actual board of the trustees for UWF and I advocated for a UWF skateboarding club to be formed. And in at back, I don't know if this is still the case, but in the UWF um, way of doing things, if if a student comes and says we have this kind of support and we want to start this type of of effort, they really don't stop you. So right. we started a skateboard club, and it was nothing more than me and probably two people. Um, it felt like we had an army, but it was just a few of us that started it. And then we actually went to them and tried to pitch them to put a skate park at UWF. And it was horrible, and we didn't have, you know, we didn't know anything about business plans or anything. We literally, you know, we're like, hey, we got some plywood. concrete. Grab a shovel. Let's go. We got some plywood and some nails. We can build it right now. Um, But I just want to say that to encourage you that, like you said, Megan's been working on this for a long time. This, um, that effort has been building for a long time. And it, the culture has changed, and you do have the support of the community. And you do have a lot of people out there that know that, you know, skateboarders aren't 
like the skateboarders were back in the you know mid 90s early you Mm -hmm. know 80s back when i was was doing it so i just want to encourage you to continue in that path and there's a lot of people we've already seen what putting the right people in the right space can do to change large bodies of thinking yeah thanks colleen it's powerful I, the skateboard club doesn't exist anymore. Sadly, to I'm so gonna Google some stuff when we get done. <laughs> you can find it. You I, can. I, I believe it. I believe uh-huh. it. So. There's a current uh, politician here locally that can actually prove that. Yeah, because he, I'm sure Colton's got he, a couple of things in his pocket. Colton definitely does. Yeah. yeah, but no, there was somebody else that boycotted it heavy, and that's and mm. that's not why we didn't get it. We didn't get it because we didn't know what we were doing. But um, but he really advocated against us, and he was the president of the student government association for UWF back then. Yeah. He and I are friends I'd be curious. Now. Yeah, are you? Yeah. You should buy him a skateboard for Christmas I next should. year. <laughs> I really should. I wonder if he supports our project. I don't know. I'd love to reach out to him. I'm curious who this... A, ch- uh, a chance you. to redeem... To totally redeem yourself. Okay. I'll tell you off the air who it is. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's okay. All right. So then let's... So this moves right into to the work you're doing. Uh, you know... I don't even know where parts. to start because there's so much. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, like you're saying, it's it's work. You have to dedicate yourself to it. You have to believe in it, and you have mm-hmm. to face the adversaries when they're in front of you and not mm-hmm. give up, right? And mm-hmm. you go home and you lose steam one day, but then you the next mm-hmm. morning you're back at it. Yep. And I think what you're doing is just as powerful in that way of teaching, and, and in your case, uh, women that mm-hmm. that. Everything, first of all, is always equal and sometimes definitely supersedes. Um, but, but that there is power in that mm-hmm. and that there is mm-hmm. value in the, in the ways that are different between male and female and the ways mm-hmm. that thinking goes and processes and stuff like that. And I've watched you come from a couple to uh, how, how many members are you now? Uh, we're lot. over 80. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just rolled out membership in March. Yeah, and we're over eighty. And you've got yeah. people meeting all the time and yep. talking. So you've yep. got so fill fill us in. Okay. The rest of the world may not know. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> now we started um, two thousand four, so we've been around for a little while. Um, didn't really get full time into it. The the quick story is I was a financial advisor for twenty five years, and in the financial advising world, I had to find my own clients. I wasn't given any clients, and so I had to get out there and network and network and network and network and network and network. Um, it was it's very low cost. It's something that somebody in business can can get into pretty quickly, and then. You know, in the financial advising world, people want to work with people they know, like, and trust. So the best way to see that is through one-on-one, you know, hand-holding and, and, you know, shaking hands and meeting people and handing out business cards. So I was heavy into networking and Hurricane Ivan hit. And it about destroyed my entire market. If you were here during Ivan, it it changed the landscape, not only physically, but also from a business perspective. A lot of the places we used to network at went away the the buildings literally washed away or the organizations that were networking couldn't afford to continue because a lot of their members were then rebuilding homes or they weren't you know networking <laughs> pulling wasn't, boats out of your yard and yeah, all kinds of yeah. stuff <laughs> or they were moving i mean they were you yeah, know it scattered a lot of people it did it it changed the whole you know area and so networking ended up being one of those back burner type of things and I was frustrated. I was stressed. And I just, um, it wasn't a great group of friends, but three of us women got together and we just said, what are you doing? And, and, you know, I, I need some motivation and I'm, you know, I'm struggling and we're wearing shorts and we're, you know, not in business attire or anything like that. We just needed to know where we could go to get back 
you know, to, to focus on our business. So we went to lunch one day. It happened to be on a Friday. It was lunch and we probably picked the closest place that even had air conditioning at the time. Um, and we met and we got so motivated between the three of us because I didn't know what to do, but I absolutely could look at the woman across from me and tell her what I thought she could do. And then she could look at the other one and tell her what she thought she could do. We not, none of us knew what we could do ourselves, but we knew absolutely what we could help encourage the other one to do. And when we left that meeting, we all walked out of there. I still remember like my shoulders being so high and just, you know, my motivation level was through the roof and I was so encouraged, so inspired. And I was just like, yes, we can, we can do this. And we knew between the three of us that that motivation level was going to was going to go away. You know, as soon as you walk outside, it's, you know, 90 degrees out and the the world looked horrible. There's blue tarps everywhere. And, you know, we realized, okay, this is going to, we're going to, this is going to go away in a few days or a few weeks. So we need to do this again next month. And so we all whipped out our paper calendars back then (laughs) and we put it on the calendar for the next month, same day, same time, same place. Um, But between that time, I told half a dozen other women about this amazing experience that happened Mm -hmm. and so did the other two women as well so the next time that we had the meeting about 10 or 12 of us showed up and we did the exact same thing we just looked around and said what are you struggling with what can we do to help i've tried that no let's try this or you know here's what i would do and we just came together with more of a culture of let's share information in a non-competitive type of arena Mm -hmm. to just help motivate each other and from then on we just kept doing that month after month after month and officially we realized hey we actually started something yeah and we had more and more and more women starting to come and at first we just called it are you going to that women's lunch meeting (laughs) women's meeting women's business lunch and literally that's what we called it for I think seven years was women's business Mm -hmm. lunch. And so in 2013, we said, well, we're official and we need to start, you know, accepting money and we need to start planning other things besides just lunch. And so let's call ourselves something different. So that's when we incorporated as powerful women of the Gulf Coast. We still do the monthly networking meetings in Pensacola. Um, we meet at the Gulf Coast Kids House and we do have a charitable aspect with what we do because we just donated a check to them for 3000 nice. a little over $3,000 from our annual conference this past year. Very cool. Um, yes, Megan was a speaker at that conference. So your sp- speech helped us generate some of that funds to be able to give to you made him Gulf cry, Coast Kids you? House. You did, she was awesome. <laughs> she was awesome. We got back so much awesome feedback from every one of our speakers. But we do an annual conference. So we do the monthly networking meetings, Pensacola and Gulf Breeze. We do an annual conference that's open to women, but then we also do a couple other events leading up to it that are open to men and women. Um, we do a quarterly print magazine mm-hmm. that we're hoping the next edition will be out in the next several weeks. Um, and that's going to be chock full of more information, not necessarily only for women, but it's it's delivered by women. So it's networking tips, it's it's marketing, it's business development that's just coming from a woman's perspective but it's applicable to to men and women alike and then we also do what's the, the radio thing? show we do a radio show absolutely <laughs> twice a month yep. yes and i've got my next i think 10 shows booked already for mm-hmm. um for the radio show and that's awesome we recently we did a show this morning with amy remington so that's coming out but the one right before that was quint studer yeah and so we don't always just pick women but we look for people that have some type of opinion about women in business um and he was phenomenal and he shared so much great information about just 
business um, in general. And then the last thing that we do, we just added this one last year as well, but we do something called Power Up. And Power Up is a 12-week educational series where you come and you go to hour and a half long classes once a week, and they center around sales, skills, marketing, networking, and business efficiency. Feed your mind. I'm telling you. It's all, well, it's about lifelong, lifelong learning. You know, we have a culture of collaboration. We have a culture of empowering others. We have a culture of lifelong learning. I love those words. I really do. (laughs) We have a culture of success and we have a a culture of charitable giving. You know, if we all, and I, and I believe so much Keith in what you're doing, because I think if we all worked on ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, and we can't work on the people around us, just like Megan said, you can't control what somebody else is going to do for their health, but you can absolutely control what you are going to do for yourself. She's lining you right up, Arvin. (laughs) (laughs) And if we each work on ourselves, then we're going to naturally increase our community. And if our if our community is better, then our whole you know southeastern culture yeah. is better, and then that just grows and grows and grows and yeah. grows. Yeah. yeah. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something, and, and no judging. Okay. Uh-oh. So back this in is not about the pictures, right? <laughs> no, 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 okay, no. no. This is this is all me, totally me. So um, back in college, I started watching Sex in the City because. I wanted some form of insight on how women think, mm-hmm. because let's face it, there are two you different are clueless, worlds. There really you? are. It's, you can <laughs> laugh into the microphone, Megan. It's okay. I'm afraid I'm gonna laugh too hard into the microphone. <laughs> so, um, and I say all of that because obviously that is not the representation no. for all women, or, or even the majority. Right? It, right? It's it's drama and it's created and it's a lot sure. of stuff. But there is some truth into some of it. Some right? of it's reality, absolutely. But what that leads me into is that reading the magazine and hearing the other sides of the interviews and hearing the perspectives of leadership and business from a female point of view Mm -hmm. is invaluable. Mm -hmm. If you can take it, like remove the sex from it, right? Remove Mm -hmm. the male or female from it and just take it as what it is and try applying some of it. And I promise you there are some, some, there's some really good stuff in there, right? Yeah, And, and so, and stone has said this to you directly. He'd rather do business with a woman. Mm -hmm. He'd rather have a a female running, Mm -hmm. running the, the things on the, on the back end stuff because it's been organized. It's been Mm -hmm. straight. It's been when it was said it was done. So, and he's got daughters too. And he does it. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, and I have too. So I, I've totally Mm -hmm. feel your world to an extent from a 13 year old point of view. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, but there's something there, right? Mm-hmm. There's something there, and it it's, it is very, very valuable. And so remove any of the, the male-female thing for a second and just feed your brain with it. Right? Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I have really gotten from our time together and the work that we've been doing together is that there's some really good tips in there, right? Yeah. There's some really good yeah. insight. And, and there's a way to step back from your shoes and mm-hmm. really take a different perspective. And mm-hmm. I think if more people did that on a daily basis... Yeah, we'd be in a lot better yep. place. Absolutely. And I agree with that. You know, we, um, you know, we've been, we've been questioned over the past, you know, we get some, we get some harsh feedback sometime from some men that say powerful women, you know, what, you know, who do you think you are? You know, why, you know, why should we have an organization called powerful women? Where's the powerful men of the Gulf Coast? And I laugh right back at him and tell him, you don't, the men don't need that. The men have not been raised in the exact same way that women have been raised in the business world. And what we're trying to do is not put women in a different position. We're just trying to bring women back up even to where men are. And it absolutely has to do with education. Um, like like Megan said, 10% is genetics. I believe that 10% of probably what we do is actually how smart are you born or how, you know, what kind of, what kind of, 
you know, genes did you come from from a business perspective, but 90% of it is environment. Yeah. And that's absolutely true. And a mm. lot of women just unfortunately, for whatever reason, and, and I'm not saying all women, but a lot of women have just been brought up in a much different culture. I'm mm-hmm. an example of it. I was an introvert. I was extremely shy. I had no tendency to be assertive. And I learned all that through years and years and years. And my parents, I still remember, they would always tell me when, when they would have dinner parties, you know, you stay in the back room, your brother's going to come out and socialize with the grownups, but you're, you know, that's not your role in life. You need to look pretty. You need to learn how to do household chores, chores and one day you'll get married to somebody who will provide you all the things in your life that you want. <laughs> that sounds <And> so horrible. <laughs> she says it like that, doesn't she? Well, and it, but it's true. <laughs> right, I know. It's exactly true. And Keith, you and I have had these discussions yes. and I know you don't treat, you know, you don't raise your yeah. children like that. But but it happens, and yeah. it's happened to a lot of women. And that's the sad thing. The more I interview women, the more I realize they have a lot of the same stories. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are still hearing it today, and some of them don't know how to tune tune some of that language out. Yeah. Um, but it's absolutely true. And and you know, I tell people all the time, we're not sexist. We're sexy. You know, so it's not that's about, a bumper sticker. <laughs> you know, um, it's not. It's not that we want to show that we're better yeah. than men. It's just we want an equal. We want an equal chance. Yeah, it's very. Cool. And sometimes we have to provide more of that education, more of that um, motivation, more of that encouragement for women because they absolutely need it. Yeah, the men don't. Impact One Hundred is another example of it. You don't need to get a thousand men together to decide who to give a million dollars to. If yeah, men, I'll take it right here. There, there is no need for a committee on well, that. Well, <laughs> if men wanted to contribute to something, they pro- if you and Calvin wanted to contribute, or you and and John right here wanted to contribute to something, y'all would just write a check and contribute. You right. wouldn't have to talk about it. Megan and I might sit down and go, well, let's think about it. Who should we give this money to? We mm-hmm. might want that type of relationship. It's just different. It doesn't mean it's better. It doesn't mean it's worse. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, again, that's one of the biggest insights that I got is that the processing, the actual brain processing of working through issues, problems, fun, whatever, just the way that it's talked out, like you're saying, is mm-hmm. completely different. It is. It's so it different. Is. And the more that women stop trying to be like men, I think the more it helps. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Because I think the more, like, I, there's times I've had to step back and start processing, like, women process like because mm-hmm. and it's helped us make some really good business decisions right absolutely guys we're taught like well, whatever we'll just we'll, we'll yeah. machismo it all yeah. day long yeah. and just whatever comes what comes but when you get into the world of business mm-hmm. that doesn't always work yep. so yep when i was in the financial advising world they always talked about women advisors and women clients made better investment decisions because they thought longer about things mm-hmm. they didn't jump into things as quickly as as men do so you know, it's it's just we are wired differently and yeah. we should appreciate that. And instead of try to be try to try to be like each other, we're not. We're different. Yeah. Let's let's in- acknowledge it and then work with those, you know, deficits or those um, or those attributes. Yeah. Yeah. Equally. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So so Colleen fills them all with knowledge and you tell them all just to let it go. Arvin. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, just let it go for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hopefully they don't understand. They don't take that as let the knowledge go. No, 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 no. You know, learn something. But, hold but on stop thinking it. about everything for five minutes. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, let go of that, which does not move you forward. Yeah. You yeah. know, we carry a lot of baggage with us and we get really good at hiding everything. We hide it behind a personality. Um, and that becomes us when that may not really yeah. be who we are. Well, sometimes you don't even know it. I mean, sometimes you've got stuff in there that's just so subliminal, you don't even realize it's blocking you. Yeah, you believe your own lies. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We are our own worst mirrors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to say, when Megan was uh, speaking about Blue Zones, I wanted to give you like a thousand high fives. <laughs> this is about like everything I think about, yeah. um, you know, every minute of this every day. This is why you're here. Yeah, it all, it all, it's all making sense now, Keith. <laughs> yeah, because Arvin was scheduled before and I was like, dude, just trust me, show up Friday at 13 to 2 o'clock. <laughs> so, I was wondering why nobody answered the door. <laughs> so tell me, so for those that don't know what mode is and sort of the history and how you got where you are right now, let's give, give them a brief summary. Yeah, so uh, Mode is really a, it started off as a float center. The idea was a float center, a place to experience sensory deprivation, uh, a place to cut out the outside world and to really turn your focus inward. Um, but as I became more obsessed with it and other technologies that can be combined with yeah. it to greater effect, uh, it became more of a wellness lab. And that's why I call it a wellness lab because we're still discovering new ways of combining the technology that we have. Um, also, uh, information like Blue Zones with, you know, diets, um, there's just so much new information coming out. And some of that new information is old information being yeah. brought back and say, hey, this stuff still works. Why are we still looking for some... Like your body's designed this way. Why are you trying to screw it up? Yeah. yeah. Ancient cultures figured this <laughs> stuff out and they survived thousands of years. Why are we having so much trouble yeah. like uh, making it to you know the end of our lives yeah. and fully functional? You know, it's not about necessarily how long you can live. It's how well you can live uh, during that time. Yeah. And um, w- what I found is... Diet is the last thing a person's willing to change. It is something that we have absolute control over. And the rest of our lives, we have no control over. Um, And so I think people will do something as long as there's an element of pleasure. Mm -hmm. uh, Or or enough pain. Or enough pain. Yep. Yeah. um, And so that's what we're trying to offer. We're trying to say, look, let's start with the pleasure element of it. And then let's work on the other stuff. Because a lot of times when people aren't well, it takes every bit of willpower just to get up out of bed in the morning yeah. and get to work or get get started with uh, with yeah. their day. And um, I, we also noticed that a lot of people hide their pain really well rather than just dealing with it because sometimes they've given up. It's like, look, I've tried pills. I've tried, you know, going to the doctor and having surgery, mm-hmm. and it, I'm scared by that. And, um, you know, we're trying to find a, a different way. You know, I think medicine is a, a great option to have, but I think we've turned it into our first option right it's like here's a symptom let me get rid of it let me get back to work i don't have enough time to deal with it right now so um let's just get the body working the way it was meant to work the way it's worked for millions of years well i don't know about millions but hundreds of thousands something like that yeah you can go for millions let's say millions (laughs) nobody can google it anyway so you're all good that's right that's right (laughs) so uh, and i think uh, you know the body is very powerful and the mind even more Mm mm-hmm and there are a lot of things in our own lives, like you said, that we have control over and that we could we can fix. Mm-hmm. You can literally fix by changing your thoughts as just mm-hmm. thoughts become reality, right? And, and and I completely believe in that. And part of what you do for those that are ready for it, because let's face it, this is it's a big step. Mm-hmm. And I say this because I've been going through it for really, really hard for the last two years. But when you choose to look inward and you choose to deal with whatever it is that you find... I promise you, no matter what it is, you will come back on the other side 150 times better. You Mm -hmm. really will. People are scared to do that because then that means we have to admit some things to ourselves that we don't want to because society wants to tell you that's not cool, right? Yeah, I mean, sometimes uh, floating isn't about turning inward. It's sometimes about just letting go and falling asleep. Yep. And waking up without those things that would limit you, without the pain, without the anxiety, without just that overload of stress Mm -hmm. that takes you away from your mission in life. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of distractions and unfortunately we hold on to the distractions and we let go of the important things. Yeah. Uh, and so, 
I, I don't see a separation between the mind and the body. The mind is the body. Yeah, I right? agree. I'm, I'm with and, you. And so if we can relax the body, get rid of all the tension, and then the real you springs forward. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, I forgot about those thoughts I had, <laughs> that direction yeah, I had. Yeah, yeah. And it's How really cool to see the transformation. Yeah. yeah. So, and the other thing is too, is, is, you know, and I don't want to scare people when I say, you know, you're going to always go internal because sometimes you don't, like you just said, like you can float all day long or you can do the, the sonic thing or mm -hmm. you can do the sauna. And there are things there that just help you get rid of stuff that's in your body, whether it's mm -hmm. the toxins or, or whether it's the aches or the joints. It's not, in fact, it very rarely happens where you can shut off that long to actually start really exploring the inside consciousness of, of who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and you have to do it very consistently. Mm -hmm. And some people are really good at it. Some people are really bad. Yeah. At it. I'm really bad at it. Okay? <laughs> like uh, your mom's really good at it. My though. mom's really good at it. Uh, she didn't know that that would be even possible right. to go to the places that she went in her mind. Yeah. Right. Um, but you know, I'll get in a float tank and I'll just lie there restless. Yeah. But, that's just a signal to me that maybe I need to work on it a little bit Maybe you bit need to lay more, in the float tank more often. Tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, some people need meditation where it's quiet mm -hmm. and they're very still and they turn their focus inward. Other people need active meditation where they need to burn off all this excess mm -hmm. anxiety and excess stress so that they can finally calm themselves down and let you know natural uh, the natural flow of thoughts yeah. happen. But So for me, a vibration sauna, I just bear the heat, sweat it all out. Yep. I get out of that feeling like I floated. Other people, they don't need that. If you're a mom, if you have children, maybe if you're a dad too, yeah, um, yeah. you know, you, you got to suck it up and just deal with it. Be quiet. I mean, you don't have to, but, uh, but it, we recommend, right? Yeah, it just, it just, that's, what, that's what my mom did. You know, I, I noticed that my mom went through a lot of stress just raising kids. I mean, yeah. that's just, we're wired just for it. We really are. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're wired to deal with stress because of the environments that mm -hmm. we're in. But I mean, there are people just waiting to let go. And they just don't know that there's a vehicle out there to do that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that floating is for everybody. It might not be. Some sure, people running, have floated. Like, do running or, or yeah. like you said, working out or actively. Just some type of release. Don't yeah. hold on to it. Let go of it some way. Yeah. And that's really important, just connecting back to our own bodies. So there are different paths to getting there. But um, sometimes in healthcare, we see the dangers of disconnecting your body. So from the eating disorder point of view, anytime mm -hmm. that you, it's like when you're disconnecting that mind-body connection, mm -hmm. you're feeling like your body's attacking you and then you attack back and mm. there's not a lot of good things that can come yeah. that can come from that space so right. whatever it is can be that first step in feeling like the body and the brain are on the same team it's funny that you said about the mind body is the same because i always say your body hears what your mind says mm -hmm. or thinks yep. so you may well, even when you make a disparaging mm. health comment well you know i'll see hear some people that will make a, a joke about themselves being overweight and i always say you know that's not funny yeah <laughs> because yeah you know, and I, it might be literally funny and other people might laugh at them, but, <laughs> but I hate to hear those things because right. it's coming from somewhere real deep. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that I can say, okay, let's let, you know, not always in, in the real time is the time to deal with that, but, mm -hmm. but, but listen to what you're saying and, right. and, and what do you think that actually means? Well, and I think a, a big thing that both of you have said is that I don't, I, if you listen to your body, like truly listen to your body, I don't think that that's a skill that is not, uh, always adherent. And over the last two years for me, and I know Calvin and I, we work this way and it's really weird because, because it's a whole new thing, but like a headache and you take two aspirin, you keep pushing through, right? Or, oh, my knee hurts or whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to push through. I'm going to push through. I'm sure. If you listen to your body or if you feel off or if you feel like you're not, uh, in tune with what you're doing or where you're going, stop, 
stop because you're not only going to make it bad for you. I promise you those that are about to come into your, into your area, it's not going to be good for them either. So there's times that, you know, Calvin and I will look at each other. It's like 11 in the morning. He's like, dude, I'm not feeling I got to go. Right. Or I'm like, Hey, I'm not, it's just not there today. Mm -hmm. And, and he's like, dude, go Zen or go do what you gotta do. And for us, for, and for those that some of the other clients and stuff that we work with, they're like, well, why aren't you at work today? And it's just like, dude, I just, it's just not there. So we'll catch up tomorrow. Right. And, a lot of people don't understand that, but I can tell you from him and I doing that and really operating from that place. Uh, and I, I keep sharing Calvin because I know, I know he's the only other one that's experienced it with me. Yeah. So, but we, it's worked, right? We've listened to the body, not only the physical, but the mental and just to be able to know sort of where we are, where we stand and, and whether I'm going to be able to tackle the world today or I just need to go sit on the beach, right? Or skate or float or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On the days that we haven't done that, exactly what Calvin says is we've paid the price. You know, something didn't go right or, you know, a deal fell through or things just, you know, just didn't fit like they fit. Mm -hmm. It wasn't harmony like it sort of was here today. Um, Then I think that's huge. It's a skill a lot of people don't have. Yeah. And actually, we we teach ourselves out of it. I think that, uh, you know, with kids and things like that, we're much, we're much better at it until we get structures in society that make it really hard. And there's this great study and it's actually focusing on the nutrition end of that Mm -hmm. piece is that they took kids that hadn't been in school yet or preschool or any really socialization. Um, and they all went out and played in the playground, hot and sweaty, all fired up. They come Mm -hmm. in and half of the fruit juice was full sugar, you know, kind of like a Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. And the other half was basically like a fruit, you know, fruit with some water in it. So mm-hmm. a difference in can- between 10 calories and hundred calories. The kids that came in, um, that had the full sugar juice drank like half and they were like, I'm done. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And the kids with the, had the basic water flavored water, drank it all down. And, you know, when we, we go through life and we are finishing our plate and there's all these other things that we learn that we just stop listening to our body. Right. So whatever those cues are, whether it's the headache, well, why do I have a headache? Am I dehydrated? Have I right. drank any water today? But you're right. We reached that aspirin. Yeah. So from the nutrition end, from the like, why, what am I stressed about? What is giving me this headache or mm-hmm. sleeping at night and all these other cues that our body is literally screaming at mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. and we just ignore yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we think it's an ailment because of whatever we've been doing, and then we go looking for the cures in sometimes the wrong places, right? Right. So, but yeah, you, you, I mean, when you talked about DNA before, it's like, oh, well, I inherited that from my parents, and you also said, again, I'm going to repeat half of the <laughs> preach it. But yeah, it's, it's you, you two are going to be friends. Yeah, I mean, it's like you, you do inherit habits from your parents. So if you say, well, my dad was diabetic and his dad was diabetic, well, what do they eat? Yeah. Okay. You learn to eat that way. So of course, you know, you're susceptible to that, to those risk factors Mm -hmm. too. So yeah, I mean, um, listening to your body is, it's something we don't do. Um, but also we, we get on the internet and we find all these gurus that tell us this is the way to live. This is what to eat. And we, we do it. And then we get jaded that that didn't work for us. And then Mm -hmm. we give up and then we go back to the habits that are the absolute worst for us. So What's yeah, that? <laughs> that way, yeah, that WebMD doesn't work. So yeah. there was a joke I heard the other day that somebody told us they were like, you know, that time when you're in the waiting room between the nurse and the doctor, that's because the doctor's on WebMD trying to figure out what's wrong with you. <laughs> Which for that's sorry for all those doctor right. listeners, it was a joke. So. <laughs> sorry, mom. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the point is, there is not one size fits all, and we're all searching yeah. for that magic magic bullet, and it's just not out there. And so we have to be 
open enough to being our own human guinea pigs mm-hmm. on some level. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think this a lot of this goodness starts from is like the not being afraid to like, I'm going to learn to skate at whatever age or I'm <laughs> yeah. going to go try something I've never done. And even that process, I think, frees your mind mm-hmm. in a lot of ways yeah. to being open to what that to what that looks like rather than looking for um, an exact prescription that's going to lead you to this place. You got to part of it is the journey and, mm-hmm. and yeah. figuring it, figuring out along the way. Very cool. Well, and like you said, I think it's deeper than just, hey, my head hurts. I have a headache. It's what other symptoms are below that or, you know, I can't relax. Well, why can't you relax? You know, it's about it's about not I think we've become a culture of um, instant gratification, Mm -hmm. you know, and we want that quick solution. We want to make that quick diagnosis right away. And sometimes those issues are not quick to diagnose. Sometimes they stem back like me, you know, raised in a culture where, you know, my parents didn't encourage me to be independent. Well, you know, when I became an adult and I was skateboarding, you know, it wasn't that I was just a rebel. It was, wait a minute, this goes way back to maybe when I was three and four years old, you know, so it wasn't just, okay, I'm a rebel because I'm just a delinquent. You know, it's, it's no, it was a deeper, 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 much deeper, you know, psychology and, and much deeper um, definition of where that came yeah. from. And a good start is, you know, surrounding yourself with those things that you want, need more of in your life. And, yeah. you know, we talk about in healthcare about, you know, things being contagious and we think about the flu and colds and coughs and you see someone coughing, you know, you keep them at an arm's distance and you're like, I'm going the other direction, but we forget that healthy behaviors are even more contagious because if you have that friend or that colleague or that coworker, or that neighbor who is like hey we're gonna do this really cool thing don't ask any questions just show up and you trust them and you're like okay i'm in you know or that friend when someone suggests hey let's um let's go to dinner okay yeah but let's meet let's park here at maritime park and let's walk downtown before the dinner Mm -hmm. most people Mm -hmm. you know will will go along for that ride and realize man i really needed this like walk and fresh air felt really good after Mm -hmm. dinner and 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 that that um, upward, upward spiral, um, <laughs> you know, is, is part of what we're talking about, that power, the power in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So the, uh, one last thing I want to ask Arvin about. So the moment that you said, oh, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to build float tanks and put them in a room and people are going to pay me to come in them. Like again, big bite to chew, right? That's huge. Yeah. You took a big yeah. risk in a, in, in, in a community that may not necessarily have been um, as open to, or even understood what you were doing. Yeah. I mean, that, that, <laughs> that, uh, that thought did cross my mind. Yeah. And yet you went ahead with it. Yeah. Um, I was too obsessed with it. I mean, I had already committed emotionally and, uh, focused all my <clears throat> mental effort into it. I've been a naturally curious person my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, probably because I hadn't found the thing that really just turned right. me on and made right. me want to work towards it. Um, but once I discovered that, it just led to so many other things in that, in that I guess, realm of uh, wellness that I just couldn't stop myself. And by the time uh, I drew up the plans and you know everything else, I was too committed to turn back. Yeah. And I think... You burned the boats, didn't you? Yeah. I burned yeah. the boats and I couldn't have gone back. So I was like, okay, forward. That's where we go. And I just tried to make it really, really cool looking. So that cool. it, yeah, and, and it does, man. Yeah. It, it, cool. it really does. And I don't think anybody would disagree. That's what Pensacola needs. We need early yeah. adopters. We need change makers. Yeah. Yeah. We need out of the need box the or burners. get rid of the box. And <laughs> I, I agree. And I, I think, you know, every community needs it because, you know, the, you guys are the people that are going to face the, the dangers and the fear for everybody else. But then in the end, it's going to be like, okay, see, 
told you. <laughs> right? And and then it's it comes to moments like this where it's like, honestly, thank you, you know, because what you're doing is making a difference. And so that's why you're here. Yeah, I appreciate all you guys being here, actually. Yeah, this is awesome because, you know. Next time I call you, it's going to be something even cooler. Well, yeah. I mean, like, you do something. And it's like you get so involved in it that you kind of forget to go out into the world and like, yeah. meet people and talk to Yeah, welcome to, people to being or, a business owner, right? Yeah. It's like I'll spend weeks just away from people, mm-hmm. you know, just working on stuff. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. I, like I forgot, I forgot Domino's was right next yeah. door, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, all right. So we're getting to the end of time, but I want, before we're gone, so I want everybody to one by one, look at the camera, give them website addresses, contact information, mm-hmm. all of that good stuff so that people can find out or educate themselves or donate to uh-huh. all of the good, cool work that you guys are doing. Okay. Just all at the same time. if that works for you give it a shot but i'm gonna say no let's go one so go for it yeah i'm arvin with mode mind and body we're at www do people still say that (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to you can give us your myspace page yeah oh my god i dated myself okay uh it's mode mind and body.com we're on facebook and twitter um we're on 3101 east cervantes 850-898-9626 and for Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast, we have a Facebook page called Powerful Women of the Gulf Coast. And our regular website is PowerfulWomenGulfCoast.com. We don't have a Twitter page. We don't have an Instagram. We don't have a Pinterest. So if you really want to find us, it's Facebook and website. And we'd love for you to just come and attend our meetings. John with Upward Intuition. Uh, check us out at upwardintuition.org. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. <laughs> All the things that Colleen uh, doesn't have. And, uh, and YouTube. Um, what, uh, what else? Where can they donate, John, if uh, they want to help? Upwardintuition.org dash donate. And then when um, is your uh, vinyl event? Cause I, I, I think believe February 20th, but if you go and like our Facebook page, uh, we'll keep you updated um, on the exact date. But it looks like february 20th and if you want to shoot me an email it's john j-o-n at upwardintuition.org so megan mccarthy at baptist we're very easy to find <laughs> um, it's e-baptist healthcare is the website but uh the baptist facebook page is actually a great way to stay up to date and all the cool things we're doing um one of our community partnerships with the ymca every wednesday at noon we do a free community nutrition cooking demonstration in the gulf power demo kitchen at the brand new ymca so uh, that's the best way to come out and and meet us as well very cool. All right, guys, you know us. We're Picola Radio X on Twitter, Picola BRX on Facebook, or Pensacola.BusinessRadioX on your website, or Channel 17, or Channel 30A. So we're going to be all over the place and coming to you. If you guys want to get in touch with us, find us on either of those places and email us, and we'll be more than happy to have you as a guest. I want to thank all of you very, very much for joining me this afternoon. And this has been Pensacola Business Radio, where business is good and your work matters. Mm-hmm.